Good evening, everyone. I am your host, Jameer. Welcome to uh, my podcast, Blog Talk, this evening, uh, Heavenly Places. Um, and also, I'd like to thank Dorothy Carruthers for having me. Last week, we talked about spiritual warfare, and I wanted to continue that today. There were a few things that I did not mention last week or didn't get a chance to cover. Cover. Um, I pray that your week was blessed. And let me go ahead and open up this evening in our prayer. Um, Father in heaven, we um, we thank you for your blessings, your grace and mercy that shines upon us. Oh, Father, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, died on the cross for our sins. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that you have left the Bible, your written word, oh, Father, Lord, that will guide us and lead us and direct us, Father, to be um, to grow closer towards you and to draw others into a communion and relationship with you. And um, also uh, just just to be uh, witnesses and light in this um, dark and uh, evil day that we are, that is upon us. Um, but I thank you, Father, Lord, that your glory is shining among all your people and that you are blessing and anointing them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So uh, this evening, again, we're talking about spiritual warfare. Um, one of the, uh, actually, the, the uh, trick that I mean, people, a lot of people don't like to uh, really focus on spiritual warfare or talk about spiritual warfare because they like thinking about so many negative things that go along with uh spiritual warfare so they kind of end up avoiding the topic but it's almost sort of like um when you don't recognize that you're in a battle or that you're you're in a fight for your life or fight for your purpose fight for your destiny a fight for souls um that the battle is on every front and that everything is uh kind of chummy chummy and if you don't realize that that the the conflicts that you are facing or avoiding, you know, are the, the root of it is spiritual. That's what the enemy wants you to uh, think, and actually, you're falling into a to uh, his trap or a trick of the enemy. Because if you don't realize that you're you're fighting against him or that you're in a, a battle at all, he will continue to defeat you and cause harm. To your finances, cause harm to your relationship, cause harm to your to your health, um, or anything that, that it can be, because we don't uh, realize it or uh, recognize it, you know. And uh, everyone that or every individual that has ever walked on the uh, face of the earth, they have been in some type of uh, spiritual warfare. I mean, even our Lord and Savior Jesus, uh, which is a very familiar passage from Scripture, he he was tempted um, in the desert. He was uh, the enemy, you know that right there. Sometimes we don't really see that as a spiritual uh, warfare, but uh, he was tempted and tested. You know, uh, the Scripture uh, that I want to start off with is uh, actually Matthew chapter four. Um, Chapter 4, we'll begin in, in verse 1. It's a, a very familiar 
<clears throat> passage. And it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Okay, so we have the Holy Spirit leading Jesus directly into this conflict, you know. Um, After he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, please tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So here we see in this passage the spiritual battle. You know, sometimes it's easy to just read over the words, but we know that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the devil are directly involved in here. And it says uh, the devil, the tempter, he's basically saying, tell these stones to become bread because he realizes it that Jesus in his flesh, and you know, he hasn't eaten anything for 40 days and 40 nights. And so not only do we have the devil, um, and here we have the Holy Spirit and Jesus, was was mentioned in the first passage, but here in verse 4, it says, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So here we have, it is written. Um, and of course, this is referring to this is the word of God, you know, um, during this time, of course, the uh, New Testament had yet to be written or that, or com- or compiled at that time when uh, this transaction was going on. But Jesus is referring to the Old Testament, uh, which, was, which was complete. He says, man should not live by bread alone. So the Old Testament, basically what I'm trying to get at is Jesus was using the word, the oracles, of God as the scripture calls them or the word from our father in heaven. And he's using that to com- combat or deflect with the enemy to say, with the enemy, the tempter, the devil is saying, um, it says, then the devil took him to the Holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And it says, if you are, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written. So now the enemy right here, guess what? He said, oh, okay, you want to use the word, Lord, then I'm going to use the word too. He says uh, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. So (laughs) you you see our enemy, he is well aware of the scriptures and what's going on, and uh, so he it says be the scripture says be wise as serpent and harmless as doves and this is right here is, is talking about um, the wisdom because the devil he would use down scripture to to tempt I mean to, to trick you up or to tempt you you know um, so let me go ahead and continue reading and Jesus answered and said it to him it is also written do not put the Lord your God to the test so again we see. Jesus using scripture to uh, fight scripture, and, and the enemy, he was kind of like using that uh, that scripture right there to. Uh, he took a part of it out of it in order to be underhanded. Sometimes you might have uh, people of the world who use who will pull out a certain scripture and try to use that against you against the church. Um, <clears throat> actually, I heard uh, this funny story I, I would like to share with you. Uh, this uh, 
gentleman, he was trying to receive, y'all might have heard the story before, before, but this gentleman, he was trying to uh, get direction from the Lord, her father. So he went and uh, opened up the Bible for a word or direction and uh, trying to get direction on the situation. Anyway, this, the passage he turned to was, it says, uh, in the story the guy was telling, he said, and, Jesus, and uh, Judas, I'm sorry, and Judas hung himself. And then he said, no, that cannot be the word for today. So then he flipped the Bible some more. And then it turned to another passage in the Bible. and says, go and do ye likewise. And he's like, oh, no, 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 this cannot be the word for today. So then he turned it again. And then passed it on another another passage and said, whatever you do, do it quickly. <laughs> you know, so right there, this is, you know, it's like, it's not a real thing, at least that I know of. It's like kind of like a funny story. But how scripture, if you take portions out of it, it can be used to uh, manip- manipulate, control, and, and be deceptive. And this right here is what uh, the enemy was trying to do, you know, <laughs> to Jesus. But Jesus was able to also be more wise than any created being. He said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And it says again that the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And this I will give you, who said, if you bow down and worship me. Now, that right there, actually, you can say a whole lot about that. But uh, we have uh, the devil taking Jesus to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all everything that was good with them. And, and the devil is saying, I'm going to give all this to you. Now, one thing that's, that's interesting about this, and this quarter, quarter, uh, like a side note, is that uh, how can the devil give all of these kingdoms of the world to Jesus when uh, the scripture says that uh, that the earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof? If you ever heard of that scripture, that's a, a very common scripture. Let me pull that up. Um, that is uh, Psalms 24, verse 1. It says, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So how can the enemy give something that belongs to uh, the Lord? <laughs> but uh, actually, it's another scripture, again, like we have, uh, sometimes you can take out a part of scripture, because Psalms 24, 1 says everything in the earth is the Lord's. But uh, actually, Psalms 115, verse 16 says, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to man. So the heavens belongs to the Lord, but it says right here in Psalms 115, verse 16, that actually the earth that the Father gave to man. So if the Father gave earth to man, how is the devil saying that this, this, uh, the kingdoms of the world is his again? And that's because you always have to go back to Genesis in the beginning when uh Adam and Eve ate the fruit. Basically, they yielded to Satan, and they gave all dominion and authority of the earth to Satan. That's why he's able to say this. And he said, uh, basically, everything is his. And he said, I will give this all to you if you bow down and worship me. Um, But Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God only and serve him only. Then the devil left him 
and the angels and the angels came and attended him. So in this passage right here, we see that uh, actually there's a few things I want to point out. Um, we see the first things I want to point out is the weapons, the weapons that we can use, the, the things that we can use um, fighting in the spiritual war. So fasting, uh, actually even before that, being led by the Spirit. Uh, Matthew 4, 1 says Jesus was led by the Spirit. So when we're in a spiritual uh, fight or battle, it's important or essential that we are led by the Spirit. Um, and verse 2, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, so we have fasting right here. So fasting basically is depriving the flesh of things. So kind of like this verse 4, 1, and it, the verse, um, sorry, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, they kind of like go together because fasting is depriving your natural man in order to make way for the spirit so the spirit can lead you. So that is one thing I wanted to pull out. And also uh, in Matthew 4, 4, which is a very popular, famous scripture, um, it is written, Jesus answered. So there, right there, he is using the written word of God, our Father. So right there, we have not only that, be, that we should be led by the Spirit, that we should fast, but also that we we should use the word and we should study it because the enemy is also using the word, but we have to come back. You know, we have to be clever. We have to be wise and attack them that way. Those are a few things that I wanted, wanted to pull out as far as spiritual weapons, fasting, being led by the spirit and reading and studying the word. All right. <clears throat> and also uh, this verse four one, it talks about um, that he was tempted by the devil. Um, and, and uh, James, actually James, let me see. I want to read James chapter one to you. Um, James, actually, James chapter 1, verse 1. Um, James, a servant of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes and a dispersion, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith <clears throat> The testing of your faith develops perseverance, or some virgins may say produces patience. But allow patience or perseverance to, to finish his work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything, you know. Um, what I really want to do is focus on that uh, verse 3. Um the uh, King James Version, uh, I'll read that, that translation. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith or the testing of your faith worketh patience. So um, we are all being tested. Um, and I want to say often that uh, some people, they have the question of, okay, am I being tested by my Father in heaven or God or is this a, a, a temptation from the enemy? And many times I believe that, uh, and I'm not 100% sure with all cases, but with every situation and circumstance you face, I believe everything is a test always. And then sometimes those tests are also a temptation at the same time. So you can have two things 
going on at the same time. And I, I probably everything could be like that, but I, I don't want to say everything because I'm not sure. Um, because I don't, I can't, I know I'm part of our prophesying part, so I'm not sure. But sometimes you're facing a situation where your heavenly father, he's testing you. But in that same situation or circumstances, it is a uh, temptation for, for example, maybe it's, um, <clears throat> maybe it's something at your work or whatever, where you only have uh 15 minute breaks. 15-minute break, so that 15 minutes is coming around and you don't really want to go back to your office or desk, you know, <laughs> or your assembly assembly line or whatever it is, and your uh, manager or supervisor, they're off for the day or the week. They're not going to know if you come back 20 minutes late or 25 minutes late and your coworkers, they're about doing their own business, so they're not focused on you, but and uh, all that same breath and thinking those things is could be the enemy tempting you to say, hey, stay those extra five minutes or stay those extra ten minutes. You need to go back to work. But it's also your Heavenly Father testing you. You know, he said, oh, okay, I have a great and faithful servant. You know, well done. He, 15 minutes. He's back at his desk working, you know. <laughs> He's yielding to the Holy Spirit through the leading of it. So um, we can have, like here, Jesus says that he was tempted and uh Matthew chapter four verse one, but also it was I believe it, uh, he was being tested too, you know. So we can be tested and tempted, you know. Um, and all of us we're, we're faced with these things. Uh, actually, a, a scripture I want to read from Paul. If you have your your word, uh, it's in Romans chapter seven. Um. Romans chapter 7, and I believe I'm going to start at verse verse 15. It's, uh, Romans 7, verse 15. I'm going to kind of, let's see, read verses 15 through 25. And it says, do not understand. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm going to skip over that. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do... What I do not want to do, I agree with the law. I agree that the law is good. And it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This is this I keep on doing. For I, I'm sorry. For for if I do what I what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Um, I stop right there. I want to read the other verses. But basically, what Paul is saying is, man. Why, basically, why am I doing these things that I hate? I mean, things that, things I don't want to do, you know. And verse 17 was kind of interesting to me because he said, it is no longer I myself who's doing it. So he's saying, man, I'm not doing these things that I hate or I don't want to do. But he said, it is sin living in me, you know. Sin. You know, we we all have a... Uh, 
sin in our lives. You know, whenever we don't do the things according to the uh, promises, or not just, I mean, promises, but according to the law or in direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit, you know, whenever we don't do those things, basically we yield into the enemy and we're um, walking in sin. You know, and sometimes it's, it's things that we honestly, we don't want to do, but we ended up doing it. Um, Adam, for example, when he ate the uh, fruit, you know, I don't, I don't think he really wanted to do it, but he did it. <laughs> but that was, I guess, that was before sin, so maybe that might be not be the best one. But uh, um, Solomon, you know, he had many wives over one thousand wives. First uh, Kings eleven tells us that he had. All these many wives, and I'm pretty sure he didn't like that. It actually, and it, if you read uh, Ecclesiastics, he he goes on to like basically say that it's all vanity and all these kind of things because he had all this uh, wisdom and knowledge of the do good things and and walk in the light of love and the leading of the Holy Spirit, but yet he did not do it. And then we even have uh, the great Samson. You know, he was a mighty uh, warrior, <laughs> a judge, you know, um, and he would go out and, and slay the Philistines, but he would be going back and forth, you know. I'm pretty sure, I mean, when you look at the the person or individual of Samson and look at his life, you like, man, he's doing these things that even though – when you're in a situation, you're doing it, but it's like, man, I, I didn't mean, I didn't want to offend God. I didn't want to offend my father in heaven. I didn't want to walk like that. But he ended up doing a lot of things he he didn't necessarily want to do, and that's because of a of sin and him yielding to temptation and failing the test, unlike somebody like Joseph. You know who who ran <laughs> James four seven. That, that's what he did. He did James four seven even before I was written. It's not commit yourself therefore, therefore the God resist the devil and he will flee from you. But uh, by fleeing, Joseph actually submitted to our Father in heaven. You know, see, but we all got again. These are uh, tests and temptations coming at us at the same time. But this right here, we have the great Paul saying this. Um, let me go ahead and continue reading this Romans chapter seven. Um, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For where my inner being, I delight in God's law. In, I'm sorry, in God's law, but I see another law working within me. And this is talking about look, spiritual warfare. It says waging war against the law of my mind. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin, and that's a work in me. And he said, "What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death?" And he says, "Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord." So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So here we have Paul talking about. The great Paul being a spiritual warfare, he he not only knew the word, but he he wrote the word. He was he was one of the, the writers who were inspired to to complete what we call the uh, New Testament. And if he can be subject 
to uh, spiritual warfare. What about us, you know? Or Jesus, and uh, the scripture of Matthew chapter 4, I share with you, he was in a spiritual battle. So if he also can be subject to it, what about us, you know? So this sin right here, Romans 3.23, it says, for all, yeah, I know this one, very common too. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we have this uh, spiritual warfare just raging, and it's causing us to sin, (laughs) sinning in relationships, sinning with our financial situation, sinning. Just sin, 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 you know, all all types of sin. Um, and basically, it, what the scripture is saying is whenever you sin, or basically sinning, what it is, is uh, actually it means the fail, basically failing to be like God. So whenever we fail to be like God is, our Father, whenever we, we fail to take the same actions that He would take in that same situation, or to think, on the things that he would want us to think on instead of thinking on things that the enemy wants us to think on, which is, again, the mind. In the mind, we also have the spiritual warfare, too. But when we begin to take on likeness that is not of our Father or actions that is not of our Heavenly Father, thoughts that are not of our Heavenly Father, this is when we uh, do this Romans 3.23, which is says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, so, all of us, you know, all Paul, Jesus, um, no, sorry, not Jesus, I'm sorry, Paul, Joseph, and who was the other individual that I used? Uh, uh, Samson, those three individuals, of course, fall short of the glory of God, and we too, today, we fall short of it in our deeds, our actions, and thoughts, and it's, it's so easy because. We're, we're surrounded by it And sometimes we actually want to do those things You know The question is How how do we confront these things Or, or uh, Conflict these things Because we can't keep on ignoring it You know we can't be like the uh, Let's see What is what is the um, Well the ostrich The ostrich I, Now I heard I didn't hear different things about the ostrich but I heard whenever ostrich is being chased or whatever, they don't want to confront something. Sometimes what they do is they bury their head in the ground because it's like hear no evil, see no evil type of thing. But like, oh man, ignorance is better than than whatever's going on on the outside. You know, one of the ostrich uh, techniques that they that they say. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but um, sometimes we do do that like oh okay we kind of try to like ignore the spiritual warfare or the, or the sinful actions and act like hey I'm, I'm not in this you know I'm not in this but whenever you, you find yourself in that in that situation or circumstances you're actually um, submitting and yielding to the will of uh, Satan you know and that is uh, actually deception I mean you're the enemy is deceiving you, but also you are uh, deceiving yourself. So when you're in the uh, spiritual war and spiritual warfare, um, where you kind of like try to avoid it, um, I guess in your mind, it's like, oh, this is not really going on or whatever. Then the enemy is deceiving you. And actually, 
Ephesians 6.12, which is uh, a very popular scripture I want to read to you, though. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers and darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, so this right here, actually, this, this right here is saying a lot. <laughs> I mean, if you want to really go deep into it, because it's actually, these are represented different levels. Principalities is a level. Uh, rules of darkness, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, those are different levels and rankings of things that we are fighting against. Um, but saying all that, deception, you know, you know, to deceive somebody basically it means to make another person believe in a lie or something that's not true, you know, and that's what Satan, guess what he He's he's like the master of that. You know, he did that to Eve in the beginning. Uh, Genesis 3, 4, when he said that she won't die when she eats the fruit. And we know what happens. <laughs> you know, uh, she ended up dying, you know. So deception is one of the, the weapons, actually, that uh, the enemy uses. Uh, another thing that we already kind of talked about, too, was uh, temptation. Temptation is a uh, another weapon that enemy uses when he enticed Eve to uh, eat the fruit. You know, he kind of uh, tempted her into doing that. And he, he also, in Matthew chapter 4, he was trying to, but it, he was unsuccessful against our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He tried to do that. Um, the, and the way that we do that, uh, we, we, as we uh, already learned, is uh, we use the word, it is written. Uh, David said uh, in Psalms 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So right there, the word is a, a good way that we can use to fight temptation. You know, like whether it's eating a donut, you know, like if you if you need to, I know that's something very small and minor, eating a donut. But the thing is, I heard a minister say, if you can't say no to a donut, what are you going to do when you got um, three or four hundred dollars in front of you that don't belong to you, but no one would know if you took it. So it starts off with these these little things. Also, I heard that another preacher talking about that's also comparable to our faith. You know, sometimes we believe in God for these big things, um, and it's big in our eyes, but nothing is big in our Father's eyes. But we're believing God maybe to heal someone of cancer or autoimmune disease or. Um, or for position, you know, but sometimes faith starts simply by believing our father that we will have an open parking place when we drive downtown. Like, Father, please open up a parking place for me. You know, that, that's how faith starts. So, we got to start off with these uh little things, these little little victories, and and work our way up to so where we're like uh Moses and parting the Red Sea. I mean. May not actually be part of a, a seed in our life, you know, but it, it could be like some type of spiritual seed where we're, we're kind of leading people and uh, delivering them, delivering them um, from uh, all kinds of deceptions and deceitfulness of the enemy, you know. Um, another weapon that the enemy uses is uh, accusing. He's ac- accusation. He accuses. Revelation twelve ten says it. That he is the accuser of the brother, you know. So, like, whenever we 
I'll participate in sins or, or things like that. He likes to rub it in and he likes to condemn us. <laughs> he likes to condemn us and he was like, oh, you can do for that. And he wants to always bring it up and accuse you for for what? So that he can bring you down so he can condemn you so that everything that the Heavenly Father is saying about you, he can use it to contradict, <laughs> you know. So he just, that's one of the weapons he's using. So besides the deception, temptation and accusations, he's using that. And those are all spiritual warfare, you know. Those are all ways that we are involved, or ways that he is trying to attack us through uh, spiritual warfare. Um, and, there, and there's, of course, I mentioned the word is the, is the main way that we deal with um, fighting, you know, in the spiritual warfare. I mean, there's really no other way you can do it. I mean, uh, you can't go see, um, I said, but you, you're you in some type of spiritual warfare when you have demons actually attacking you. Like, you can, you can see them and, and things like that. And then uh, you go try not to use the word, but you try to use, like, a, a witch doctor or a psychic or somebody like that to to defend you. Actually, you put yourself in a worse situation because you're fighting you're trying to use witchcraft to fight witchcraft. Well, basically, witchcraft is disobedience. So you're trying to use disobedience to fight disobedience. You know, <laughs> and that's not work. That's not going to work because what's going to happen is it might look like they're fighting each other, but actually, they're putting on a show for you and they are destroying you more and more because you're not going through the proper channels or going the, the proper ways. You know, so the proper way to uh, uh, deal with uh, deception is actually Ephesians chapter six. When Red talks about the uh, the word, the word of God, you know, the sword of the spirit, uh, the belt, <laughs> you know, uh, the breastplate the of righteousness, you know, shield of the spirit. All these things we can use in Ephesians chapter 6 to uh, deal with and fight the enemy. Um one of the one of the words, another scripture you can use is Romans chapter twelve verse two. It says, uh, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." So a lot of times, basically, be conformed to this world. Basically, we're so engrossed in the world sometimes. It's it's kind of hard because if you're watching television. Um, and even if you're not watching television, but even in your neighborhood or or whatever community you have, whether it be a work community or a church community, a lot of times we can be so inter- intertwined with the things of the world that we don't realize it, and we don't really have a chance to back away and renew our mind with the, uh, the written word of our Father, you know. Um, so whenever we uh, face deception, just pull, pull out the word. You can go to Ephesians chapter 6, Romans chapter 12. It's like I'm giving you and myself scriptures and medicine on, on how to deal with the enemy. You know, it's, I always say it's, it's easier to say it. Anybody can pull out a scripture and do it. That's why you have a whole lot of ministers and pastors on television. And you know what? I'm not... Sometimes they they they're up there and they're preaching the truth. You have the televangelists on TV and they're they're saying things that are true. They're, they're quoting scriptures and all that. They're not living it, which is which is bad 
But the thing is, that's the thing where sometimes it's easier to say it than do it because they have all these temptations coming against them, and they fall. You know, they fall like Samson or whatever. They uh, they're like dom <laughs> like dominoes, you know. And some of them they don't care that they fall or that they walk in the sand or that they're taking all this money from the people. They they don't care. They pride themselves in those things. But some people are just some pastors is that that's all they see, so they think that's how it's supposed to be, and they're deceived and they're walking in the same way. And some some of them, um, I'm not sure if they're they're prideful and they want to do that or, or they're deceived, but they um, are doing that and, and walking in that way of lifestyle. And when the things coming in and they're just preaching it and they're not taking it in for themselves, they they kind of get destroyed because the enemy. He wants to destroy them, even if they're even if they're like he wants to destroy them if they're really working for him. He wants to destroy them if they're kind of like on a fence, and he wants to destroy them, no matter what their their situation is or their motive is. He wants to destroy them, so <laughs> he doesn't like people at all. He just wants to destroy them. So the way to deal with deception, Romans twelve two, don't be conformed to it. The world, uh, Ephesians six, talking about the sword of the spirit. Um, and then also uh, temptation, which is a spiritual battle we face. A, a way to deal with that is uh, a scripture that I quoted earlier is James 4, 7, that we have to submit ourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So the first thing we have to do is submit to God. Now, does that mean that, oh, okay, i got to go to church more? What, what, what does that mean or look like for us? Um, for each one of us, I would say that could be something different. Maybe for some of us is not paying for cable. Maybe for some of us is not going to the mall. Uh, maybe for some of us, it may be not to go to church. <laughs> you know, it may be to, to go home and be like a monk and and uh, read the Bible and pray for a season. You know, and then go back to church. For each one of us submit ourselves to the Father, it's going to be something different, you know. It may be that we join some small group at a, at a church or go to some home church fellowship. Um, uh, our Father, he's he's very creative. I mean, if you look at, the, look at the colors on the television, I mean, sometimes we only see the basic colors because of our mind, but you start looking at like the, like the, uh, the box that the television comes in and it says this, this television has millions of colors or trillions of colors, and you look at a TV, and like, well, I'm only seeing green, orange, black, white, about 13 or 14 colors, you know, but we're not seeing all the, the array of colors that's actually on there. And actually, they say uh, in heaven, it's even more colors than we have in this this world. So I'm saying all of that to say that. And we are all different. We're all individuals. You know, the, the, the scripture says that if the father cares so much about the flowers and how they are clothed, what about us? You know, so we are are so different and so unique from each other. Some things, I mean, that's why we have different opinions and concepts and things like that. But there are different things or different tools that, may work for some and may not work for others and that's just because who we are not because we're any less than the other person so for me I might need to go to a church I might need to go to a revival or I might need to go to a prayer meeting but for you your, your cure your medicine against uh, 
dealing with temptation may be just to be reading the scripture or, or join some kind of group, small group. So I'm sorry to go off and on on that one, but that's a way to deal with uh, temptation. Now, with accusation, you know, how, how do you deal with that? Because the enemy, he's, he's always going to uh, accuse us. You know, actually, uh, in Ephesians, again, it says that uh, the enemy is throwing, like, fiery darts at us. You know, Ephesians 6.16. So how, how do we defend that? How do, how do we get off that? Again, we have, once again, go to the Word. Um, Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girded about the truth, you know, and having on a breastplate of righteousness, you know. Sometimes we get we have to stand in our place. Okay, we know what the enemy says. We, sometimes we write, okay, yeah, what he's saying is true. We, that I actually did that, you know. But in that same breath and those same thoughts, we have to know that we have been forgiven um, from our sins, our sins past present and future, we have to know that we have been forgiven. As a matter of fact, another thing we need to know is that no matter how good we are, you know, our righteousness, the things we do, Scripture says that our righteousness is as uh, filthy rags. That's Isaiah 64, verse 6. So uh, we can be doing all these uh, uh, great things, you know, like, oh, okay, I went to church this many times. I gave this much money to the homeless people, or I work with this mission, you know, uh, but and those, I'm not trying to tell you not to do those things because, but our righteousness when we, we do we, when we do things out of our own self, out of our own flesh, right there, that's that's filthy rags. But when we do those things out of out of um, honor and honor and uh, submission and holiness to our Father, then that's that is a different story. So basically, how you fight um, accusation or deal with accusation as you. You stand in the promises of the Father, you know, and it's basically what I'm saying with all these, with the activation, temptation, and deception, is basically <laughs> sorry, excuse me. the same thing as um, reading the Word. Um, um, reading the Word is it's, it's so uh, hard these days. I'll be playing it on YouTube or. Uh, MP3, smartphone, or playing the scriptures, but I think it's nothing else better than reading it for yourself, even though sometimes you might have a situation where you can't read it. You know, yeah, it's good. Okay, go ahead and play it on the Bible app that you have on your phone or the CD or whatever you have. You know, if you can't always have the word playing, it's kind of like kind of like um, reinforcement, you know, like the advertisers. They constantly play, play uh, songs or things, and you hear them over and over again. Even like 10, 5, 20 years later, you still know that little jingle or song. Well, the same thing can be done with the scriptures and word of God. You can have those scriptures playing, and then without you really knowing it, it's penetrating your mind, and you're like, you're not being conformed to the world, but guess what? You're being uh, transformed. Um, so that that is all I have tonight about uh, spiritual warfare, but the other things that I want to mention um, about the weapons that our enemy uses with temptation, accusation, um, and deception, and how we should re- respond to those, you know. <clears throat> uh, also, a great teacher that I want, I, I want to make mention of, uh, 
he's uh, no longer uh, with us, but as you may be familiar with his, uh, his name is Derek Prince. He, he has a lot of great teachings, I believe, on spiritual warfare, one of the one of my, my favorite teachers when it comes to that topic of uh, spiritual warfare. So I want to encourage you. Uh, also, uh, Dorothy Carruthers, she has also um, a lot of materials on her different channels and medias. On uh, And I actually believe that she has guests also that, that, that actually do deliverance sessions, and they focus more on different topics. Like they may do fear or depression and things like that because all of those, Psychology, psychologists and doctors, they have their own worldly definitions with it, which um, I'm not going to tell you to, to stop doing or participating in, but she has people that uh, come on that, that are doctors and, and things like that with uh, credentials of, that they have a whole lot of things going on. <laughs> We're basically successful, very successful in delivering people and walking them through spiritual warfare battles. So I encourage you also to listen to those teachings. Um, uh, Dorothy, are you there this evening? I guess you might not yes, be I'm here, here this evening. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm here. Yes. If I weren't <laughs> here, you wouldn't be able to broadcast. So. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay, I, I just mute my mic, and it takes a little time to, you know, for it to, you know, computers. Anyway, yeah. I do have Derek Prince up, a uh, Derek Prince playlist up on my YouTube. Oh, if okay, great. Interested. As I, yeah, I share so a lot of things on the YouTube because it's so easy. If you can find a video on YouTube that you like, you just have to hit that little plus button and you can share it, you know, have it on your channel. So I do that yeah, quite a bit. So- yeah, so she has plenty of teaching. And then you also have a, a lady that comes and she teaches also, you said, I believe, or something every now and then. I can't remember deliverance? her name, but I know I said. Huh? The, she does the deliverance teacher? I think so. Jerry McGee? Yeah, yeah Jerry McGee. She's on the first and third Tuesdays. Yes. She's so, very yeah, good. Have, she teaches, yeah, I had a chance. Yeah, she teaches deliverance from a different angle than I've ever heard. I mean, she doesn't stand there and holler at the demon, <laughs> you know. Yeah. She just tells you what to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard uh, uh, one, it's always good to hear to hear from people like that. Um, I heard one teacher, he says that if you, uh, actually what, what deliverance is, if you, uh, if you read the word, if you sing the word, um, if you pray, uh, you you plead the blood of Jesus or singing any type of worship song, singing hymns. Those right there, though, you don't realize it are uh, forms of uh, deliverance and spiritual warfare. <laughs> you know, so actually when yeah. you're singing worship songs, because what's going on is uh, you're attracting the very presence of the Holy Spirit, your Father in heaven. And also we know that the enemy, he doesn't like that, so he doesn't really want to hang around for too long, you know. So that's why it's important to play, like, if you can, if if you can, like, the different uh, teachings um, or different worship hymns or songs or whatever. And and you had to be careful even with that this day because the, the enemy has got into that where you think this is a Christian song, but it is not really. So <laughs> you just have to be careful. But those right there are forms to give us because I'm telling people, I need a cross, I need some anointing oil, I need to give me some prayer 
blankets and all that kind of things. And I'm not saying you, you don't, not really teaching against that, but it could be as simple as just singing a song is deliverance, you know. Even singing scripture. Yeah, singing scripture, yeah. Or, of course, I don't sing because I'm tone deaf and, you know, <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> I think, well, I wouldn't want to hurt father's ears, but. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, to me, I've always believed or like, and just my own personal opinion, like, you know, when you ever have, like, one of your kids or whatever, or niece or nephew or, or somebody or if you're a teacher, and you have a kid that's drawing stuff, and, you know, like, they're trying to draw something that they've seen, and, like, the people, like, parents or grandparents, they hang it up on the refrigerator because they're just so proud of it and they have the name on it. I think that's how our father is. You know, we, we see, like, those, like, shows, American Idol or, or the Christian ones, they have some of those, too. And they have all these great singers with these great voices, and then they have all the musicians and all that. And and I just believe our father, he, he likes I'm not saying he doesn't like that. I'm pretty sure he likes it because he created man with, with the power to, to create all those things and have those great voices. But I believe he loves just the ones who just like, like, like they drew, trying to draw the stick figures instead of like the, the Leonardo da Vinci type art. He, I believe he, he values those just as much, you know, so the people, even with like, not just arts, but uh, singing also, you know, <laughs> I believe he honors it and values it just as so much, even though you might not sound like nothing to the world or whatever, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it, it's so important to understand. I know a lot of Christians do not understand uh, that, we are in a war, a spiritual war, and we have to look at everything that's going on in the earth right now as a product or manifestation of what's going on in the heavenlies, the spiritual warfare. And now we have to contend not just in our own lives, in our own little world, but for our countries and our leaders and you know, all that, we have to contend because if we don't, the the, the enemy wins, and, and that's not pretty. And I still really believe we are supposed to affect the culture we are in or else we're not going to like it very much, you know. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things going on now because we have been hiding in our caves and not affecting the culture, you know, and uh, I've been rather wistful this week about everything that's going on in the natural, in the schools, and the government, and the this and the that. And maybe I read too much news, but we've got to fight for our schools. Our kids in our schools are in danger. Um, yeah. And we need to I'll, contend I'll in the spirit. Yeah. You know, they're, they're making children say that Islam thing that, you know, they, converts to Islam say that thing. There's a name for it. I forget what it is. Um, they're making our kids say that. What does that do but open them up to demons? You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so. we, we, uh, we need to be uh, careful. That's why it's important. We have to start everything. The foundations head on because 
this the full of full out assault attack against the youth, against the kids, you know, they I mean he doesn't care, you know. He's using whatever he can to to distract away from the truth. So whatever whatever kind of manipulation he can do, whether it be through uh Islam or uh witchcraft or, or, or whatever Whatever it is, but it could be through SpongeBob. You know, I don't know. Whatever he can do to distract, um, deceive, manipulate, accuse, or whatever. And it's a lot of, I mean, it's a lot, a lot of things that's going on. Legislation is being passed, but this, this, uh, it's really not right. Especially when you look at the, the foundation of some of these, like even like the criminal justice system. When you look at some of the first jails and prisons, they was you know, we still call them today rehabilitation centers where people pay their debt to society. But a lot of like in the past, they they were established by by Christians, or a lot of a lot of them were opened by Christians because they wanted to, to re they actually wanted to rehabilitate people and bring them up so where they can have contribute to society. But now they still call them like rehabilitation centers, but a lot of times they. People go in there and they get stuck in there and they get worse because the system is, is designed for that to keep them in there because the governments or whatever they they make money from the people because it's free labor and they're they're making money off the people <laughs> and then the people but the people go in there some people go in there because I I, I didn't see a few stories where people have robbed banks and all this kind of things because they wasn't getting any help on the street and they know at least I'm going in here I'm gonna have cable. Three meals a day, you know. I mean, I know everyone is not like that that's in there, but there are some people in there because they're not getting any support from the government. It's like time for the church, whatever, to be praying and stepping up because it's like attacks in the schools, the prison systems, wherever deception and manipulation and accusation can happen, it's happening. <laughs> you know, even like with all these school shootings we have, you know, a whole lot of children are losing their lives. Because you have um, the enemy attacking. I mean, I'm not sure. Okay, we do. What is it? Do we do gun laws? What I mean, do we do? They call gun laws aren't going to do anything. Yeah, it's it's spiritual because if you'll notice the way school used to be, the way it was started. You know, your reading material was the Bible. Okay, I know that goes a few years, and no, I wasn't alive that, but. I know through reading my history and learning my history, that's how it started. But now we do not, because I've been thinking about the letter I have to write President Trump about, you know, Jared's suicide. And I'm thinking we have the school shootings because we are not nurturing our children in the schools anymore. We're drugging them. We have the leftist liberal um philosophy being taught in the schools and being brought into the schools, which is confusing to children. And Mm -hmm. it does not reverence life at all any more than Islam reverences life. So it, it sets up the kids, especially kids from a Christian home that are being taught right from wrong. It sets up a, a, Oh, what do you want to call it? A, A war in their heads. Like, this is what the mm-hmm. teacher is telling me. This is what my parents are telling me. This is what the church is telling me. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, and they're just not capable of sorting all that out. 
But, yeah. Actually, you know, that was interesting what you said because I used to, for some time, I was a substitute teacher, but then actually I served as uh, I worked in the school suspension room. And uh, some kids were in there because they were tardy, and then some kids were in there because of bad behavior. And then I had students, like, at least half the class in there, like, in the morning, they would be very active. And then a nurse would come in, and, like, I take like the students who are on medication prescriptions, and they'll come back like zombies. I mean, yes. I mean, like at first, like when they came back in there, they was kind of like still how they were, but as they went on, they was just like kind of like drug, drugged up on these things because they were saying they had the ADHD. But I just believe the students need to be, and I mean, it might be some cases where they need them, but I believe a lot of them just need to be like in a different type of learning environment where it's more like hands-on or more active. And things like that instead of because everyone, everyone, even educators know that everyone learns different. I mean, you have people who like to read, and people who like to listen, people who like to watch, and then people who like to do. You know, and all yeah. these people learning different ways, but they're trying to make the educational system everyone learn the same way, and it's not working. So you have like the people who like to do causing problems in the class, where they end up putting them on these. Uh, these drugs, you know, because they're trying to get them to be conformed to how their peers are because the peers, they're learning that way, but then it ends up bringing everyone down because they're focusing on these individuals, you know, and then you have all, it's just a big mess. (laughs) It is. It's a huge mess. And, you know, when you step back and you look at it, um, from overhead, like from father's viewpoint, and, and and the fact that it's a spiritual war, and the yes, devil is after your kids. Get that under your belt because it's you know he's going to come at them any way he can. And I mean even this LGBT P stuff to children who are not really even of the age to understand sexes or sexuality. You know, yeah, that so yeah, that right there is like it's yeah, it's too it's too early. You know, they're still trying to get their colors and this yeah, yeah it's a lot of things. Yeah. When when I went to school and I was offered options because at first I wanted to be a teacher, which I don't have the gift for, so it's a good thing I failed at being able to go to college because of money. But um, the thing that was offered were courses like childhood development you know what kids are capable of doing and understanding at certain ages and I just always thought that was constant that it was still being taught but if you see how the teachers treat kids nowadays they have no understanding of what the kids are able to comprehend at what age you know they just don't which is really, yeah. that's not good. Because if you don't, you you can't talk to a child like you talk to an adult. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, so. And we see a lot of it throughout our universities because we can see that uh, a lot of other, other countries, I mean, we want everyone to be smart and educated, not just America, but we don't want us to be dumb. <laughs> But we have a lot of, like, when you, you see a lot of engineers and um, scientists, they're coming in from other countries, 
you know, because they're at their, I'm not sure what they're doing different at their schools, but they're obviously doing something that we're not applying. And sometimes it seems like it's, it's intentional, maybe, that they want students in our country to fail or not be, be as smart, kind of like dumbing us down. And you have other people in other countries. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have their own problems and issues going on in those other countries, too. But a lot of them, they're coming in and they're taking these top-paying jobs, and that's because of their their school system. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's spiritual. spiritual. It goes back all to spiritual warfare, you know, because a lot of times you think about science. Okay, well, science is totally opposite from uh, spirituality, but actually spirituality, um, science comes from spirituality, you know, uh, from, from the Word, even, even in, a, in a book of Job, it talks about the Father sitting the dimensions of the ocean and talks about the crystals and things like that and the snowflakes and talks about the animals. So science right there is uh, mathematics and all these kind of things. None of that would be even in existence if the Father had not spoken it into existence. You know? so. That's correct. That's correct. I always thought of science as man trying to figure out how God did it, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah, and I, not, I think another... Go ahead. I think another thing that's going on, Shamir, is we don't respect education anymore. It's more important to teach the politics and the sex stuff, uh, not health, mind you, but sex, and the basics are just being ignored, so it's hard to respect that. And did you, if you notice, one of the things Obama did is he made it so that instead of suffering the consequences of bad actions and ending up maybe sometimes in jail or in, in a program, kids would just let go. So how do you get through, how does a kid learn not to do things that are bad if he never su- suffers the consequences of his actions. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing because you know? I was stuck with my uh, some family members and they were talking about beating the kids and I'm like, well, you better do something to them, some type of discipline while they're home and toddlers because either you're going to do it or society's going to do it. You know, when you start disobeying the rules and the governor's and the, the, we see a lot of that in the uh, media where we have, and it, and it, they're just like they're police officers. They're being trained like that. They're trained to kill. They're they're being trained to do those things. You know, they're just it's like kind of like you program somebody to do something. They they just respond and do it. Like if a plus one plus one equals two, and they and that situation is seen, and that's what ends up happening. But we got to. Uh, also, pro, pro, I, don't want, I don't want to say program that sounds so computery, but train and, and discipline our, our the youth coming up. Like, hey, we need to behave like this in certain situations, despite how everyone else is acting or responding. <laughs> you know, we have to we have to be above that. Even as uh, Christians, you know, we should be be above that. We shouldn't want to participate in those type of activities. We should want to re- respect authorities. You know. And I know sometimes they like to bend the rules because they're in charge, but the thing is still, unless they're trying to get you to break the law, you still have this, so a form of submission, even though you're okay, that, that's weak to do that. But the thing is, you you want to, the main thing is you want to come back alive, <laughs> you know. 
So it's, I think it's so important that we that we should have discipline in the home first, even before they start getting into conflicts with the police officers or conflicts with the teachers. Even though the teachers, I mean, I didn't have some rough teachers in my life. You know, some of them was rough because of all oh, the other kids was rough. So they the teachers have been trained to be like, hey, if I don't respond like this, these students are gonna run me over. Or some of the teachers they just don't care because of after all the years it didn't happen. Like they're they're just treating the students this is bad. So you assault every situation on the outside though you might have like the student be misbehaving to the to the teacher or whatever. You still gotta look at all the the ins and outs of what's going on with each person. But then it saying that same thing. But you the home is where everything has to start with the, with the discipline and, and obeying authorities. Even though. I'm not saying authorities is right in everything that they do, but still we have to we have to start off at least with that foundation, you know. Right. Respect authority. Um, you don't have to internalize everything they're trying to teach you because they might not mm-hmm. necessarily be the correct authority for that. Um, but respect it. It's like we used to respect the office of the president. We don't do that <laughs> anymore either. Yeah. And look how over the years, they have, instead of expecting um, poor children to attain the high marks that everybody else does on the test scores, they just lowered the test score limits so that you don't, you know, yeah. so that what they're telling the kids is, well, you're just stupid, so we have to lower the standards, you know, and you're just not mm-hmm. capable of learning. You know what that does to kids? Yeah, it's just like a repetitive cycle. You always bring in individuals down without without correcting. And I'm, and it's not all, all on the students. I mean, I don't mean not the students, but all on the teachers. I mean, some teachers probably yeah, but it could. I mean, it's it's all the way up the chain. You got the teachers are doing a lot of things that administration is telling them. The administration is doing a lot of things that like maybe there's all the legislation that been passed by by politicians and. It's like you keep on digging deeper and deeper, and like, the, like what they call it, the rabbit hole keeps on getting. Like, oh, what's going on with down there? But the thing is, you gotta you gotta find some place to start. Maybe for some people, they're gonna start at the politicians and go after them, and then some people they're gonna start with the classrooms. And I believe the father's calling each of us to some place. We just gotta be open and prepared and ready to go to that place because it's gonna be a battle. It's not. It's not going to be easy, you know. Um, it's going to be a difficult, difficult situation. But we got we got a lot of things going on. We uh, like I like to call us or something recently that we are like the uh, John the Baptist of this generation. Even though the world is going, uh, there's 60 percent of darkness is covering the earth. The gross darkness is covering all the nations. But it also says that uh, a light is shining. And then there's all these things that are going on, like what the government is doing and what other governments are doing and what the teachers and others are doing. We are supposed to be like John Baptist preparing the light because we know at the end of the uh, tribulation and rapture and all these kind of things that we're going to be here for 1,000 more years during the, the millennial reign. At least that's my, my understanding. And we're preparing a way, of course, for our Lord to come here so he can rule, rule the reign and show us how we're supposed to be acting in this place. But before he comes, we have the, the church 
he's coming back for a bright side spot of Rico, so we need to get ourselves together so that he can come and so we can help others get their selves together, you know. So, but yeah, each of us, so we got to be great commission. in a different place. Yeah, a great commission. The know. great commission, we're supposed to be reaching out, and I'm sorry, we're supposed to be calling out the bad stuff. We don't just yeah. say, oh, well, they're not they're not believers, so what we expect of them to behave. And no, you call them out, you tell them what's right so that they can think and hopefully come mm-hmm. to repentance. It's not, you just yeah. don't let them go. That's, they're standing in front of an oncoming train. You got to pull them out. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, that's what it is right there. Like they're about to be destroyed and destroy themselves and destroy anything connected with them. And it's not like you just that we're trying to, to uh, condemn or destroy them, but actually what you're saying is we're trying to save them from the train. You know, they're thinking, oh, we're trying to <laughs> destroy them, but the thing is, that's what the, the whole Great Commission is. Like, this, the world and the way it ends and things, it's all going to burn up. And if you, we don't want them to be like that or be a part of that, we don't want our friends, family, our, our country mates, you know, or our neighbors to be partaking of that, you know. Uh, to be destruction. So that's why, like you said, yeah, we do more. We 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 advise, we correct, or or whatever we can do, encourage them. And sometimes, like you can't literally pull them. I mean, out of the way of the train and ride. When I say pull, that like right there is like, hey, don't do that. Don't don't. You can't do that because of this. You know, because right. this is what the word the word says. You know, so we pull them. I mean, we're trying to tell them. And they might want to stay there, but we still got to tug, you know, because their blood's going to be on our hands, you know. Our friends are going to come to that. So what did you, why did you let them, um, <laughs> why did you tell them, you know, we don't want the blood on our hands, you know. Not just, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and it, it's, uh, not always, it not, it's not always pleasant to do that either, just, you know. Oh, no, it's but. a funny job. It's a dirty job. It is <laughs> it's a dirty, a dirty job, job but know. somebody's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The thing is, you know, but because you're going against the way that people have been trained, you know, and taught all these years, maybe their parents raised them up that way, or maybe they walked away from the way their parents did it. Like from a professor, then they'll put these things, or they've been watching television and all this kind of stuff. So you're trying to pull them out. You're trying to get their minds to be transformed. And they're they're fighting in resistance, not just on their own self, but you got things that are influencing them. You got evil spirits, very strong evil spirits influencing them. They they keep on doing this because the evil spirits they want the, that person to be destroyed. They don't care about the life, you know. They they want them to be abolished. They and they they want them to uh, self destruct. They want them to murder themselves and all these kind of things. They want them to kill babies. They want they want nations to destroy each other. You know that that. Um, like in a different world, whatever they whatever they can do to influence the people in the natural world to do to bring destruction, that's what they want to do. But we got to keep on praying, keep on pushing, keep on fighting. Like some people are called to politics and fight that way. Some people are called to go into the inner cities. Some people are called to go to Wall Street. <clears throat> some people are even called to go to, to Rome, as you know. You know, wherever it is, you know, Paul, he went the wrong. I don't, I don't know, but it's a, it's a spiritual battle on every front. I mean, it's just, it's like a, like a all-out war, it was, and then unlike any other war, you know, greater than that, it's, oh, those hard to see it, 
in the natural, but it's greater than World War Two, greater than World War One, the Great War, the Gulf War, the Cold War, even uh, I guess World War Three if it ever comes, you know. Yeah. Um, but I guess I didn't talked about. It. I'd, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in um, to the to the block talk this evening, um, and I hope you're able to get something out of it. Out of it, and with the scriptures that I shared from Romans and and Matthew about him being tempted and tested, and I hope you hopefully you ever to take those and use them and apply them to your life whenever you feel like you're being accused, you're being deceived or tempted, and probably not just you, maybe someone in your life that's being accused, deceived or tempted. Did you know? But you can use those scriptures. And pray them over them, or, or sing them over them. They don't have you don't even have to do it in front of them, you know. Um, uh, uh, the way that our Father, Heavenly Father, has made prayer is like we we can influence a country on the other side of the world, and you know you have to step face on it physically, you know. <laughs> um, so I, I I will close in prayer, pray for everyone this evening, and uh, and then I will I will see you guys. And ladies, or not see you, but hear, talk to you or hear me over the internet next week. Uh, Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness, Father. Help us as we uh, are in a spiritual war to realize we're in a war, to not give up, to not be discouraged, to not be deceived, Father, and uh, realize that no matter what the enemy accuses us of, Father, Lord, you have given us victory, causes us to be triumphant, Father. And show us, Father, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, reveal, Father, what place we are supposed to have in this war, where we're supposed to be at, where we're supposed to be stationed, what city we're supposed to be in, what uh, government we're supposed to be influencing, whether it be local government, national government, um, state government, um, international government, whatever it may be, Father, Lord, put it in those places, put us in the prisons, oh, Father, Lord, in the school systems, oh, God, Lord, on the school boards, so that uh, not our voice could be heard, but the, the voice of the Holy Spirit it is causing everyone and trying to draw them all towards you, Father, um, and to have communion and relationship with you. Um, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Thank you, uh, Dorothy, for having me. And um, I guess I was talk with you guys again next week and we'll we'll see what the Lord will say to us. Yes. And I want to tell everyone to have a blessed week and to remember that it is Christ's righteousness we walk in, not our own. So don't let that stop you from doing anything. Yes. Thank you, Jameer, so much. You have a good night. You too. God bless you. Father bless everyone.